How's everybody doing? All right. Hey, it's good to be with you this morning. And so we start this series called Limitless, and we're going to be talking about God over the next month into Easter, and we would love for you to keep joining us, bring friends, bring family as we head into Easter. And the kind of the starting point for us is just to acknowledge something, that we as human beings are limited, right? I think most of us would say, yeah, I'm, I'm limited. And God is unlimited. He is limitless. And as we grow in understanding our limits, we can begin to know him, his limitless grace and strength and presence. And we're going to be talking about that all month. So here's the question as we get going. Um, have you ever made a decision or a judgment based on limited information? You get a little information and you do something about it. Yes. Yes. We all have. And we've all bought stuff that we were sure would help us and change our lives. I mean, that's what QVC exists for, right? Um, like the tanning bed, for instance. So here it is. I mean, some of us had been to tanning beds before, but people actually bought tanning beds and installed them, put them in their homes so they could feel better, look better. You look better with the tan. And by the way, um, I don't have a tanning bed at home, and I don't use bronzer either, just, just so you know. But it was later, as we got more information, we found out these tanning beds actually are bad for your health. They increase your chances of cancer. All right, how about the Segway? Did anybody ever purchase a Segway? Have you been on a Segway? If you go downtown San Antonio, you'll see people on Segways rolling along. Vacationers, I'm, I'm sure. Well, they were the rage for a while. I mean, it's like, hey, this is such an easier form of transportation to get from one place to another. Well, now it's the hoverboard. There it is, the hoverboard. And, I mean, now you can just kind of float through your house, right? You don't have to worry about walking anywhere or getting anywhere as long as you don't catch on fire first. That's Saturday Night Live, by the way. They did a little routine on it. Okay, how about this? Anybody get one of these vibrating ab belts? Blast those abs. There it is. Now, this isn't a new idea. People have been working on this for a long time. Look at this picture. Yep, there it is. I don't know what year that was. Fitness with no effort. It's like, really? I mean, do I have to say anything more about it? Fitness with no effort. Hey, we've all, we've made purchases based on limited information. We've also made bigger decisions like stock tips where a, a friend or an advisor said, hey, you got to run with this tip. You're going to make a lot of money. And we've run with it. And we've lost a lot of money. Have you been there? Sometimes we've lost more than we could afford to lose. Maybe it was a piece of property. Somebody said, you buy this property, it's going to be worth such and such in a few years. And then it wasn't worth really anything a few years down the road. Anybody get married after getting to know somebody for a couple weeks or a month? And then not too long down the road, you found out this person is not the person I thought they were. Maybe it's a business, uh, a business adventure, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you, you started a business with a friend that you thought you knew, and it wasn't too long before you found out. Mm-mm. 
We can't do business together. This isn't working. So the question for us as we look at our lives is how do we get enough, how do we get the right information to live well? And especially as we consider a relationship with God, what does it mean to have the right kind of information about God? Because if we, as we think about God, whatever our relationship with God is like, if it's based on limited or inaccurate, an inaccurate view of God, we've got a problem. Because we often don't realize how that affects all the decisions we make in our lives. I mean, from our relationships to the work we do to how we live. If we have an erroneous view of God or we don't have enough information, if our view is not accurate, we're not going to be able to develop in our relationship with God, and it's going to cost us. Now, God doesn't want that. That's the amazing thing about God is God has gone to great lengths for us as human beings to be in relationship with him. He doesn't want us to live in the darkness. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know the purpose that he has for us and what it means to begin to experience his world and his point of view. So that's why God revealed himself through all the writers of the scripture. That's why throughout the pages of the Bible, God reveals what he is like. That he's a personal God who created us to be in relationship with him. But the only way we're going to understand what he desires for us is by what? Going to the scriptures. If we're going to understand what it looks like to have a personal relationship with God, we have to go back to the scriptures rather than just see a few little snapshots about what God is like. We need the big view, kind of the 30,000-foot view of God, of what he wants to do in our lives and what he wants to do in the world. So as we look at John 1, that's the text we're going to start at, and we're going to uh, look at it uh, some into next week as well, and we'll be looking uh, into a couple more chapters of John. But this is where we, we see this incredible picture of God in John chapter 1. And it really, the author is building off the very beginning of, of Scripture in Genesis. Because in Genesis it says, in the beginning God created, and he spoke all things into existence. And in John 1, he writes, in the beginning was the Word. So God spoke, and it says in the John says, the Word existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what John is telling us is that Jesus, who came into the world, is God the Son of God, who showed up in person to meet us and reveal himself to us. He became human so he could come on our turf and show us what God is like. Fully God, fully human, limitless. Here's what John said in the text a little later on, verse 14. It says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John the Baptist testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about um, when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. And out of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace already given. 
Now, this is a powerful picture of Jesus coming into the world to become one of us, to reveal what God is like. And here's what Eugene Peterson writes in the message. He writes this, the word became, same text, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I like that. Because what that means is God, the son of God, moved into our world and not just into our world, he moved down the street. Jesus came to show us God's world and what it's like, and to share his limitless love and generosity with us. And that means if he lives down the street, he came over to our house, and he cut the grass, and he washed our car. He took out the trash, he emptied it all, and he actually paid for our trash to be taken away. Now, that's a metaphor, but that's what it was like when Jesus came into the world for us, to show us the grace and the truth of God. And what it can look for, like for us, limited people, to have an unlimited relationship with God as we grow. But here's where we get stuck. I mean, if we're honest and we think about the text, so he came with the fullness of grace and truth, and that's a little confusing to us. I mean, what does it mean that he came full of grace and truth? Because we... I guess we have a tendency to focus on one or the other, right? It's easier for, for us to say, oh, okay, I, you know, I, I think I get grace, or I think I get truth, but to put them both together, that's, that's complex, that's tough for us. And so typically, we're a grace or a truth person, right? We have grace and truth people here in the audience. Would you say you're one? Do we have any grace people out there? Do we have any truth people out there? Yeah, we do, we do. We have kind of a, an emphasis that we side in. Now, here's the thing with truth. Like in my house, um, my kids, when it's something to do with their sibling, they love truth. I mean, they're truth people. In fact, um, Emery, my youngest, she's told us that when uh, Candace and I leave the house, she is going to be our camera She's going to give us a video of everything that happens. And believe me, she's pretty good at it. Every detail, every fight, she breaks it down for us. She gives us the truth. Now, the truth is important. We know that. But here are the the tendencies if we're only focused on truth, right? Because truth is about accountability. There are standards, right? That's, That's an important thing in our world. But it's easy for us, especially as we're thinking about others and we want to hold them accountable, to become self-righteous ourselves. Because we begin to focus on their wrongs and, you know, we know that God's all about truth. There's no room for error. And it it can become for us an inaccurate view of religion and certainly of God, where it's only about accountability. It's only about right and wrong. And we don't want to mess up. We don't want to pay for you know, our, our, our mess ups. We don't want anybody to know about our mess ups. We want to try to cover that stuff up. And we get caught, right? Where we're, where we're either just kind of looking at others because we don't want to take too close a look at ourselves because we believe that God is mad at sin. He's angry at us and he's ready to 
condemn us. And if that becomes our view, we end up hiding typically and pretending and trying to avoid making God mad because we can't ever do enough. We're always in debt. And really, it's a terrible way to live. Now, truth is important because there is a standard. God does have a standard. We have to know our, our limits. That's why God, you know, throughout the Old Testament, there was the law. It was kind of the way or the standard for God's people to live. But what we have to understand about truth is truth needs grace. Because we're not defined by the truth, because that's not what God is like. The truth is important. That's why Jesus came full of truth and grace. But we're not defined by truth. Truth needs to lead us to grace. All right, so let's talk about grace just for a moment. Because we've got some grace people too. Now here is, uh, grace is a powerful thing, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But here's one of the errors that we can fall into especially as we view God. If it's all about grace and love, it's easy for us to begin to see God as just um, kind of a loving grandpa out there. A loving uh, grandpa who really doesn't have a standard and ends up being passive. It's all good. It's okay, right? It's unconditional love. Now, grace is unconditional. It's amazing, but you need truth to balance it out. Because what happens if we have kind of this cloudy view of God and it's all about grace, what happens is there aren't standards anymore. And everything can kind of become relative and we lose the greatness of the grace that Jesus brought into the world. Now, some of us, as we're thinking about it, we're like, you know, this is this is too complicated. This is difficult. It's a little bit confusing. Um, there's all this stuff that's going on in the world. I'm not exactly sure what God, God's like. I've tried praying. It doesn't seem like he's, he's there. I'm very interested. And so it's easy for us to, to just kind of step away and live as a practical atheist where it's like, I don't know if God's involved. I'm just going to live my life. Um. But that's limited too, of course, because we don't have any connection with God. That's why it's so important for us to look at Jesus and to learn from him as we think about what does it mean that God came into our world full of grace and truth? Not one or the other, but both in its fullness, in its perfection. Jesus lived it out. He was saturated with both grace and truth. So um, I think probably the best way for us to consider this is to look at one of the interactions that Jesus had with a woman in, in John, John chapter 4. It's a story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And the Samaritans were, um, I mean, they were hated by the Jewish people. They were half-breeds. You didn't, you, know, you didn't interact with the Samaritan people, especially a Samaritan woman. And so Jesus comes through Samaria and it's, it's noon, he's, he's been walking all morning, and the sun is hot, and here he comes to the well, and there's this woman, Samaritan woman. She's the only one there. She came at noon. I mean, all the other women, they came early in the day to avoid the heat. Um, she came at noon to avoid everybody else. And there's Jesus who begins to talk with her. Now, this never happened. A Jewish man would not talk to a Samaritan woman. 
And yet Jesus led by grace. Just by inviting her into a conversation and asking her to pour him a drink, he was showing that she mattered. Even even though everybody else in her life had said that she doesn't matter. Now, Jesus was also about truth because as they were having a conversation, he said, hey, why don't you bring uh, your husband? And she said, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, I know. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. Now, he didn't shy away from what was true about her, but he also met her with grace and brought out the truth because that's, in that moment, is where she had to recognize that, yeah, this is, this is true about my life. And that's exactly why I need love and grace. And this man, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I'm drawn to him. I'm experiencing a, a love and a graciousness that I've never seen or found before. And you see... Um, That's really the the goal for us as we try to figure out how to love with grace and truth because as human beings, we don't know how to do it. We're prone to one or the other. But Jesus says, I want you to come and follow me. I want you to go with me. I want you to study how I lived with people in scriptures. And so that's the first thing for us today as we head into this, this month is how can we learn from Jesus? And so I'm going to ask you to to read the Gospel of John with me over the next few weeks. Let's look for, in the interactions that Jesus has with people, I mean, he's hard with the religious people. The people who are self-righteous, he's tough with. But people who are outside of the, the faith of Israel, you see that he always leads with grace. He always brings truth, but he brings it in the right way. Um, One of the greatest ways I experienced this was uh, when I was back in seminary, I had a professor. Um, You got to know some of our professors, and and I had a professor that I worked for. I was his assistant. His name was Dr. McKenzie, and he was in his 70s. And there was something about Dr. McKenzie, and this was so uh, new to me. I was a fairly young Christian still at that point. And I'd never been around somebody like Dr. McKenzie. And there was a reason that there were always students in his office. People were drawn to him. And here, here's the, the way that he almost, he always started. He was so gracious. He would kind of start asking you a number of questions. So I'd sit down with him and he'd take me to lunch. Part of, part of my working relationship with him was he'd give me a few things to do and he'd say, Dave, let's go to lunch. And we'd uh, take me to lunch. And we talk about life, and we talk about the scriptures, and he'd say, you know, just ask question after question. How are you doing? Do you know how much God loves you? David, do you know what you're going to accomplish one day? He said, you know, I'm not going to be around that long. Someday I'm going to look up from heaven, and I'm going to look down on you, and I'm going to be so proud of what you're doing. Now imagine how that made me feel. Now here's something interesting that he would do in terms of lots of grace from Dr. McKenzie. But he would also bring in truth. And this is how he brought in the truth. It's not like he was immediately trying to correct stuff in my life. He would always start with his own truth. Now, I think this is so powerful for us as we think about our own relationships. He would start sharing stories from his own life 
where he did something wrong or he messed up. And I can remember, uh, you know, multiple stories he told me because he was a professor and he pastored for years. And he'd talk about, you know, something that happened in his church and um, how he, you know, he, he just, he didn't pay attention to a person. And he ended up hurting them. And he, you know, he had countless stories that he would tell me. But he would always start there. And then if there was something going on in my life, what do you think? It was pretty easy for me to say, yeah, here's what I'm struggling with. And we would walk through it together. So he led with grace. And he shared truth, starting with his own. And I think as we look at what it means to follow Jesus and to have a, a, an accurate or a bigger picture of God in our lives, that's how it starts with us. We start with grace. And then we walk into truth. And, as, and that's the opportunity for each of us as we have relationships. We start sharing our own truth with people. And that's hard, right? Because to be honest about ourselves, to be honest about our weaknesses, that takes God. It takes his work in us, his presence for us to say, none of this, you know, I'm not, I don't care what people think about me. I just want to try to help other people by sharing my life. And so as we move into the rest of the month, this is kind of the setup for that. Two things that we're going to do. First, I would love for you to read with me in the Gospel of John. And secondly, to start, uh, as you think of this, your relationship with God and your relationship with others, is to start with grace. And that's where we begin to share our own truth and open up our lives and to be honest about who we are. And we can do that because Jesus is walking with us. He's present with us. And today, that's what communion is all about. Communion is a time where we remember that God sent Jesus into the world for us to do something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. We were limited. And he came to show us the limitless love and grace that he brings. And so what did Jesus do? Is, I mean, he, he came, he you know, called some followers, disciples around him. He spent about three years teaching them and showing him demonstrating his love and showing them how to live with grace and truth with others and how to share it and how to you know, take it out into the world. But the highlight of his three years was that ultimately he was going to do something for us. He was going to go to the cross to pay for our brokenness. You know, we, we miss the standard. That's where truth is important for us to recognize. We miss the standard. But the beautiful thing that God has given us is that he prepared a gracious way for us, Jesus. And Jesus, um, as he spoke with the disciples in those last, you know, last few moments, he said, hey, I'm going to go to the cross, but here's why I'm doing it. I am going to the cross for you to pay for your debt to reconcile you to God so that you can have a relationship and you can begin to grow in the limitless grace and presence and goodness of God, that you can be a part of what I'm doing and share it with other people. And so um, I'd like to invite the, the band up. I'm gonna 
I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll have an opportunity to participate just in a, in a few moments. Lord, we're grateful this morning that, that you have come into our world to reveal yourself to us. And Jesus, communion's a time where we reflect on what you've done for us to make it possible. I mean, something had to be done to take care of our sin, to pay the penalty for our broken ways. And so you came. You took all of our brokenness on yourself. You took it on the cross so that we could have life and hope. And so now prepare us as we open our hearts to you, as we remember, as we desire to seek more of your grace and truth, as we desire to know how to be a people of grace and truth. Come, Lord Jesus, meet us in this place. Fill us. Show us. Reveal your spirit to us. We pray this in Christ. Amen.